This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Mother's Day is May 12th. And in advance, Sona, happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you, You're Conan. a terrific mom, and your kids are here today with Did us. you get me a present? I'm Well, it's not May 12th yet, but oh. I'm getting you one. Okay, thank yeah. you. Well, guess what? Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. You can shop by price category or browse curated gift lists ranging from for the mom who has everything to the gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted. I, I like when you can so go by easy. price because I can go right down to the bottom. Oh, <laughs> Get lines of something for a dollar. Sorry, baby. Oh. <laughs> Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid cameras, and the Samsung smart TV, The Frame. Oh, yeah. Shop now at Macy's.com slash gift finder. And happy Mother's Day, moms. Mm. Hi, my name is Rob Lowe. And I feel optimistic about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends, yes I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, and welcome to another installment of Conan O'Brien. Needs a Friend podcast is now, uh, well, I guess we're almost wrapping up the second season. Two full seasons of what Time Magazine called the most influential podcast in the history of the medium. Uh, I made that up. That's not true. But I've found that you can just make up quotes and some people who aren't really paying attention will think it's true. The Wall Street Journal said Conan O'Brien, using his voice alone, Uh. has changed the culture for the better. (laughs) Uh, Podcast Monthly, all hail Conan O'Brien. That's a publication that doesn't even exist, and nothing I've said so far is true. Uh, I want to welcome the people who help me, well, kind of help me, help me, and I think sometimes occasionally hurt me uh, Mm. in this endeavor. Uh, My assistant, Sona Mofsessian. Hey, Sona. Hi, Conan. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah? Um, I have... I have nothing else to add to that. I'm sorry. Great. Well, as I said, sometimes help, sometimes hurt. (laughs) Uh, Matt Gorley, producer extraordinaire. Matt... Uh, I give you a hard time occasionally, uh, sort of like you're a younger brother, but it's all with affection. We are nearing the end of our second season. And once again, you've done a stellar job and I salute you. (gasps) Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I've got nothing either. So. Okay. Well, surrounded by shitheads. Absolute. Is that you? Is that podcast monthly? No, that is. Hold on a second. This is my phone. Oh my God. Turn it off. What are you doing? I had it on because occasionally my wife likes to call me. To find out if the marriage is still on. (laughs) 
And and then I pick up and I go, yeah, let's you know roll it over into the next quarter is what I usually yeah. say. I'm not good with technology. I'll admit that. Huh? I often <laughs> think that my iPhone is a bar of soap. I've taken it to the shower several times, lathered my whole body with it. (laughs) It is weird. They do lather up. I don't know. I'm just going to put that out there. iPhones lather up. They do. Yeah, that's battery acid. (laughs) Still gets you clean. It literally burns the oils and dirt from your body. That's a little life hack out there. If you don't have any soap, use an iPhone. It will overheat. The battery acid will leak out and burn the dirt and skin from your body. So I like life hacks. Those are things that I like to come up with every now and then. Life hack shows that I'm cool and I'm young and I know the term <laughs> life hack. That's pretty good, huh? Anybody? How am I doing? Not great. Is this the end of the podcast like forever? I mean, this yeah, might We be... got one more episode this season, but we But are... what if that's it? I mean, I it mean- It should be. Well, that, you know what? First of all, Sona, your contributions today, and I don't mean to be harsh, have been awful. So far, you've said, I don't know, got nothing, huh? Why did you do that? Bleh, uh, bleh. Terrible improvisation. <laughs> Awful. I'm not. I don't improv. This is also not improv. It's a conversation. Yeah, I don't know why everything has to be improv It's just this. I, I have zero comedy background besides working for you. I don't even know why I'm here. If I'm going to be t- <laughs> super honest. Every time I do this, I'm like, why of all the people on your staff, am I on this when I have zero experience with do you know anything why, comedy Do you know why related? you're here, Sona? Uh-uh. You are working for next to nothing. Yeah. Sort of as part of your assistant duties, you have to sit over there and say something occasionally. And you do. And you've been done a fantastic job. And you've really not been adequately compensated for it. It's fantastic. Oh, that's nice. Thank you very much uh, for not adequately compensating me for anything. <laughs> I, I congratulate you for your lack of business acumen. Well, you know, my thing is that when you expect me to bring the funny, I'm looking at the guy who's been on television for 27 years and I feel like I feel like it's your responsibility on Conan O'Brien needs a friend to like do something. I'm sorry. Did you just say bring the funny? <laughs> That's the worst, worst phrase ever. Bring the funny. <laughs> Comedy and humor is not a commodity that can be delivered to you in an Amazon package. When people say bring the funny, I, I become enraged. You should never tell me when something enrages you, because now I'm going to say bring the funny so often yeah. that it's going to just piss you off. Say it all you want. You're just going to alienate the comedy community. No one in the comedy community oh, says no. bring the funny. Uh, <laughs> what am I supposed to do without the comedy community? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. My life is over. <laughs> Sona, you're bringing the funny. Yeah, yeah, you are bringing the funny. Your lack of respect for the comedy community uh, is appalling. They're the ones that like this podcast. You oh, know? no. No? Oh, no. What am I supposed to do in my life without the comedy community? No, I, I They've know. They've been so nice to me. Why don't you show us some of your characters, Sona? I uh, have a couple. I yeah. don't know. Oh, I would like to Let's see. Let's hear you. your French person. Go. Oh, hold on. You can't. <laughs> Wait, hold on. that's your French person? That's someone choking on a roll. That's not a French person. Oh. I can't do most of my characters when I'm sober. So if you give me a oh. minute, I'll go <laughs> a minute. get high real quick or just take a so few shots. What are, you, what are your characters? There's French person. There's French person. Sometimes I call my friend Erica Brown at work and I do Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. Let's do that. Ooh, Let's hear that. Yeah, Let's hear it. <laughs> it's really stupid. Let's hear it. Hold on. God. Okay. Hurry. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pretend I'm calling Erica. Okay. Erica? Yes, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> I really hope you can come and play with me in my Colgate very soon. 
And then that's Queen Elizabeth. And then Prince Philip is like, Prince Philip, I just hunted some pheasant and I'm back and I'm really having a hoil. Prince Philip. So I love it afterwards, after you did your impression of Queen Elizabeth, you went, that's Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) Any impressionist who, who says what the impression is afterwards, which by the way is necessary in this situation. Uh, Sona, you just you just did do a whole comedy segment. For someone with disdain for the comedy community, you just, okay. no, seriously. I applaud you because you did well and you did it under fire. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Well, you probably I brought the some funny. Imp- yeah, you did. You know, we're, we're towards the end of our second season and I know that, uh, you know, usually it's, it's you guys like uh, laughing at uh, the maestro, but this was really great that we, we shown a spotlight on, on your abilities. That's great. Oh, I hope my comedy career takes off. Matt, you probably uh, you probably has uh, you probably have a, a good impression, right? I I, I don't. I, this is about you. It's, it's, not, it's not necessary. I don't know. I've been. I hear in the business that you have a mean HR Geiger. How do you know about that? I just. <laughs> it's, it's something that I, it's out there. Oh, Would you, no. Is it okay if we hear that? Do people even know who that is? I'm googling him right now. Why don't you say who it is? He's the Swiss sculptor slash like airbrush artist who created the alien for the movie Alien, the Xenomorph. But he does all this erotic like uh, cyborg art, and he's mm-hmm. he's really something. Yeah, this is an impression that everybody has in their back pocket. Uh, <laughs> it's right up there with Jimmy Cagney and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, let's hear your HR Geiger. Let's hear it. Sometimes I like to take a bath in a kind of squid ink. <laughs> But only if there are cryotubes that go into my widened pores so I get a type of inky-hued transfusion and then do a painting for my mother. I love it. I love it. Now, that was very good, Matt. Very good. I now would like it if H.R. Geiger had a quick conversation with (laughs) Prince Philip. Let's say that right now. Hello, your majesty. Do you have a type of fluff in your throat? I don't have a fluff. I was hunting pheasant. Oh, could I borrow the pheasant so I could make a kind of bodice for my wife? Absolutely. Let me ask the queen of it all to give you some of my pheasant. Not a word. Didn't get a word. I'd like to take a second and apologize to everyone listening to this episode. First of all, I, if you tuned in to hear H.R. Geiger uh, talking to what may be Prince Philip, but <laughs> also may be a Sasquatch uh, who's trying to swallow a tree trunk, then congratulations, because you're getting exactly what you bargained for. Uh, anything else? I don't know what. I, I, I'm blown away. I, first of all, I commend you both for rising to the occasion. Maybe the next season of the podcast will be mostly you guys doing that. <laughs> and I can sort of just chill. There will be a next season. Can I get a raise? Uh, well, I'll look at your contract. <laughs> Sona, do we go to the bargaining table together as a kind of favored nations? Guys. Ooh, let's do it. Matt, let's. Yeah. But we, we negotiate as Prince Philip and H.R. Giger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Sona, I'm going to guess that your, quote, lawyer is someone that you're related to. <laughs> Is it? Is it someone? <laughs> She's not answering. She's not answering. I'm going to bet your lawyer is, <laughs> last name is Mofsesian, and they live uh, somewhere, uh, Montebello, maybe? No? Maybe. Okay. You, you, All right. You're right. That's, All right. You know, 
I just know a lot of people who do things, and why would I go outside of my family? Because you I might want to get cash instead of use the barter system. You know, <sighs> that's all I'm saying. I don't want to have to pay you in chickens. All right, we have to get uh, we have to get into it today. We have a terrific show. Uh, my guest today, and and I want to point out this was uh, recorded just before the quarantine uh, went into effect. So uh, it was done in studio. That's why we sound like we're in the same room because we are. And I'm excited because my, my guest today is a uh, very talented actor and storyteller who's been in the industry for over 35 years, starred in such movies as St. Elmo's Fire, About Last Night, Austin Powers, The Spy You Shagged Me, hit television series Parks and Rec, West Wing. You know all his work. He's got so much of it. Well, now he's hosting a new podcast, literally, with Rob Lowe. Yes, right here on the Team Coco Podcast Network. We're very proud to have uh, this show in the family, so to speak. Uh, Rob uh, is one of the great raconteurs of Hollywood stories. He's got a killer lineup of guests, many of whom don't often uh, go on podcasts. So you'll be hearing their stories for the first time. Uh, The trailer is available to download now. The first episode premieres on Thursday, June 25th. Uh, I'm going to be an early guest on the show as well. I hope that's not a turnoff, but I got myself in there. (laughs) No, this is a guy who really should be doing a podcast because he has met everybody in the business and he's got so many great stories. You want to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Literally is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, without further delay, here he is. Rob Lowe. We've crossed paths many times over the years. Mm. And we've bonded over many things. You and I are both very attractive leading men. (laughs) I don't know why that's a funny... Why is that a funny... Why is that a a funny thing? Why is that funny? Because you're not, though. Right? It's okay. No, no, no. Rob is, and you are a, a, talk, a talk show. <laughs> uh, Rob is a, I think you call him a taco. You are a, ta- ta- taco. <laughs> He's a taco. It's a talk show. Um, taco. I, I think as talk show hosts go, okay, not even that category. <laughs> Let's put it this way. You and I have both been endowed with special gifts. Mm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this. You did compliment my hair many years ago. You when you said uh, that I had uh, uh, memorable hair, I think is what you said. And I took that to be a, a compliment. It's the brand at this point, I think. Yes. I made a choice back in the 80s to go with the pompadour, a style which then had, was completely gone. And I've stuck with it. And I've had no positive affirmation on it. No, you doubled down on it. You did. <laughs> you doubled down on it. I liked it. I was for, I, I, and I continue to. Yeah. Look, you have hair. Let's celebrate that. I, we You're both not have. a young man. <laughs> okay, what was that all about? <laughs> we both know that I'm 38 years old. <laughs> I'm perpetually 38 years old. That's right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Is that the age we, is that w- at what age you just stop counting? And- uh, I am 56. And yeah, I, so we're, yeah, I'm the same. So uh, and I, I am a 56-year-old uh, male. I am a male. And uh, let's just get that out of the that's way. Your pronoun is, is him? Yes. That's, the, that's my preferred pronoun. And my pronoun is Red. 
could be yours. Just call me that would Red. Work fine. Yeah. Very nice to have you here Thank you. because uh, we we crossed paths many times over the years, but I've always thought this is a very funny guy. Thank you. And uh, you've proven it many times. Lauren Michaels, who's done a lot for both of us, gets some credit for identifying you very early as no Rob is funny and. People need to see that side of him. How did he know? I mean, obviously, he just got to know you personally. Well, no. And, and by the way, just hearing you say that makes me so happy because I'm sure like a lot of people, I, I was continue to be an SNL Uber nerd. I mean, I learned everything I ever I ever knew from about comedy from watching SNL when I was a kid. Right. Um, so to hear that like Lauren's the guy that discovered me in that way is so, so cool. Um, well, what happened, I, I do remember there was a big, and I don't remember what the joke was, but it was a very long setup and it was me and Phil Hartman. I know what it was. it was. The notion was I'm in prison with Phil Hartman. Yeah. And, and Phil was very excited to have me as a roommate. Yeah. Um, you can do the math. Um, <laughs> was he playing his character Mace? He might have yes, been playing his character. Yes, he was character. playing Mace. Mace was this great character. Oh, I didn't know that was an ongoing character. It, it was yes. a character. Yeah, he, he was kind of a uh, Mace. Uh, he was this really uh, yeah. hyped up character. And do you want to screw with me? Oh, you don't want to screw with me? It was that kind of. Uh, That's right. And Phil, obviously brilliant, but I love the idea of Mace uh, sharing his. <laughs> Yeah, he was selling a cell with me, and Mace was, uh, as we all were in, in that week of 1990, obsessed with the Lombada. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That dance. Um, and, uh, you can Google that if you want, yeah. if you're listening. So it, it ended, and I screwed the setup to his ending of mm-hmm. the sketch. Right. I blew the line. Now, there's, there's literally no ending. Right. There's nothing. It's live. And Phil's got the big saucer eyes. Uh, he has nothing to say because I screwed up. And I ad-libbed an ending and it crushed. Right. And Lauren came to me and was like, mm, you're really Harry Houdini, aren't you? <laughs> oh. And we've Dang. been friends ever since then. <laughs> <laughs> Until he hears that impression. Yes, and that's over. As if he's never heard yeah. anyone do an impression of Do you him. think Mike based Dr. Evil on me, Rob? <laughs> no, Lauren, he did not. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the choice. Uh, the t- the choice to have uh, you play uh, a young, the young version of Robert Wagner. That was Mike's idea. It, my, Mike Myers' yeah, Mike. idea, right? Yeah, f- when 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 they decide to go back in time and they need a young Robert Wagner and you come out doing a young Robert Wagner. <laughs> so was hilarious because I was obsessed with Robert Wagner. Me too. He did the show on Saturday Night Live when I was there as a writer and. I was just like, he's the ultimate classic, handsome-headed actor from the studio system in the 50s, and he never changed. And he, he always played these characters where he called women... Well, yes, my darling, and it, oh, yeah. he got and, he, and it was perfect. He was so incredible, and then for you to come along and play the younger version, well, it, I thought it was perfect. It's so funny you say that 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 the way he spoke in because my whole character was based on the fact. And this is what I did for Mike. We we're playing golf. I'll never forget. I remember what hole we were on up in Santa Barbara, and he was talking about um, Austin Powers, and, and, and um, I knew Robert Wagner, R.J. as yeah. he prefers to be called. And my notion was that all he talks about when he talks about restaurants is who the Mater D's are, <laughs> in like a very early '60s way. Yeah, he's like, um, "Do you know Gigi at the Palm?" <laughs> And uh, <laughs> so I was doing that for Mike and he really liked it. Yeah. And, and that was kind of that. And I forgot about it. And then about six months later, he sent me Austin Powers 2 to read, just to read. And I read and in it, in the character description is, you know, 
And young Robert Wagner, parentheses, as played by Rob Lowe, close That's parentheses. And, yeah. Yeah. And people in the, I think the studio were like, what? Yeah. He's going to do, Rob Lowe's going to be, what? Yeah, Robert Wagner, RJ, as you call RJ. him. RJ. I have to call him Mr. <laughs> Wagner. Yeah. But he was, uh, he hosted Saturday Night Live when I was there, and I wrote a sketch where he's just the impeccable, handsome man on a date, and he's just this impossibly suave guy. And he's, uh, and he's with, uh, I forget who, he's with this woman, I think it was Jan Hooks. He's just impossibly charismatic. And he's saying things like, well, I need to skip off to Buenos Aires. And one of my, <laughs> one of my investments has done a little better than expected. Uh, and he's ordering for her and he's being perfect. And then the food comes and he eats like an absolute pig. Oh, that's from genius. And, 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 and I remembered coaching him on how to eat like a pig because that's how I ate. And of course, Robert <laughs> Wagner had never- no. Done anything, but but he was like, oh yes, ah, this is quite enjoyable. Yes, actually. oh I see. Eating, and I, literally, I had instructions where he takes, he says something suave, and then puts his hands in the mashed potatoes and jams them That's all so over his fun. face and sucks it up. And he was like, hmm, yes. And I, I just felt a peek into the world of being this guy who was came along in the fifties. Oh, he would have in that gr- old system. Oh, he'd have great stories. He'd be like, "Have you ever met Fred Astaire, Rob?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> and he's like, He's like, you know, the thing about Fred, he wears a lot of street makeup. I had never heard the phrase. Which is just, that's just makeup you wear when when you go out to the, you know, go out to the market. I think one of the things that. By the way, he never said that. There's like Fred Astaire people out there. I have no idea how much makeup you wore or didn't wear. I don't know. You you didn't have to apologize for that. There's there's no Fred Astaire people out there. I mean, there are, but they don't know whether I don't want the Fred Astaire mob. No, you don't want them coming. They're like PETA. You don't want to kiss them off. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) They're in here right now. (laughs) You were in the business uh, at a very young age. And I think you probably got to meet all these people of a generation or so many of these people of a generation that are gone by the time I have my show in 93. I'm thinking of people like Cary Grant, like you knew Cary Grant. Uh, Yep. And that's just insane to me. We've sort of, as they say in the the journalism parlance, buried the lead on this one. But so my first time I ever get a big show, it's called, it's an ABC after school special. And they were like huge in the day. Do you guys remember that? And they oh, always yeah. had really provocative titles like, you know, my mother is suicidal or whatever. Right, it was like right, really, right. And I, got, and I got one called Schoolboy Father. And I used it to go up to the most beautiful girl in my high school and ask her on a date and she'd come watch my after school special together. And she's like, well. You- How many kids can say that, by the <laughs> that's way? What was my, that's what I was thinking. That Hi, was the plan. I was wondering if you could come watch my after school special. <laughs> yeah, that's what was the plan. My line at that age was, do you want to come watch me after school? <laughs> It'll be special. <laughs> It'll be special. <laughs> yeah, Robert Wagner will be there with us. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, and she says, she says, yeah, why don't, why don't you come to my house? My dad's in acting. We can watch it together. And I remember driving all the way. I, I had my learner's permit. And, and, I, and I, so I could barely drive. And I, I drove to Beverly Hills the first time I ever. Turns out she lived in a mansion. I didn't know that. It's the first time I'd ever seen a mansion. And I knocked on the door of her dad's house. And Cary Grant answered the door. Cary Grant was her father. And I never, I never knew that. And he, oh my God. he answered in a white terry cloth bathrobe. Oh. oh, my God. And he was like, Jennifer's waiting for you in the bedroom. <laughs> of course it's, he was like, he was like, <laughs> he was like, of course, it's my bedroom, so don't get any ideas. <laughs> um, 
and we we watched my after school special together. I, I watched my, the first leading man role. Well, it was fifteen. I watched in Cary Grant's bedroom. Cary Grant, his daughter, Jennifer. and and, and uh, I know he gave you advice, and it's quite interesting. This advice. Well, this this advice came later. Yep, and. Um, <laughs> Never eat any food when you're sitting on a dais. <laughs> <laughs> what? And it's funny because I think he actually said he said hot dog. Yeah, because well, then he said because someone will take a picture of you with a hot dog in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and it was like I was like, how many first of all, how many hot dogs are served on dais? It was like, <laughs> I thought about that for a minute. What kind of dais is he on? Yeah, it's it's kind of down be, market for Cary Grant. Yeah. But, I, but you know, you think about it and you think, and this falls in the Robert Wagner category, and I find this fascinating, and which is that there was an industry. The uh, handsome man industry? The handsome man industry. <laughs> the the uh, actors that came through the studio system, yeah. like a Robert Wagner, like a Cary Grant, yep. I think they were told by people, if you're on a dais at a big event and you take a bite of food oh, or you take yes. a big bite of a hot dog, you're going to look, it's not going to look good, it's going to... You're going to look less than elegant. And they had all these rules I'm, that they I, were taught. I know they did. Um, RJ, again, used to tell me, you know, we used to break into Metro. You used to say Metro, which I love. Instead for, of, for MGM. For MGM, yeah. We, or, which is now not even MGM, it's Sony. And, and we used to look at the dummies they would use to build the women's costumes. God. <laughs> what? God. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the way they could see what their bodies look like. Yeah, yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. Well, just, I mean, but they didn't tell them not to do that. Right. No, 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 no. Talk about to sit on a dais, but well, not, maybe not Google the yeah, yeah, exactly. costume bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I stole the Gino Lola Brigida, put it in the back of Let my Let me car. tell you that Jill St. John. <laughs> uh, I, I think of uh, also another guy like that who has great stories is George Hamilton. George oh, Hamilton yeah. is another guy of yeah. that of that era who, I don't know if you know him at all, but he came out with uh, a biography a couple of years ago, and it was just packed with these- Oh, I have to pick that up. I bet it's great. Yeah. I remember it at the time, uh, I, uh, flipping through it and just the stories of you know people that came up through that era. Yeah. Just, and, and so getting to know them, I think, would be a real blessing. It was, you know, and, and Paul Newman a little bit. And, yeah, uh, how'd you know Paul Newman? I ran into him at a urinal. <laughs> I used to wait at urinals for no. Paul Newman. No. He never showed never up. Never showed Born into that lucky star. I, I understand. You know what I'm saying? So you met him. It was a Williamstown Theater Festival. Mm-hmm. His wife, Joanne, was directing something, and I was doing, um, and you'll love this, a version of uh, Chekhov's Three Sisters with Christopher Walken. Oh, that my was, God. It, which was everything you think it would be and more. Yes. And he walked in, and we were peeing together, didn't say anything, and he's like, kids, good to see you up here. He says, you know what? No matter what, you always have a theater. And out he went. It was, yeah. it was great. He was just like, it's like, wow, Butch Cassidy came here, peed, gave me like the perfect kind of Butch Cassidy acting advice and bailed. It was great. Right. And then, so you got to know him a little bit? And then we would see each other around. And um, I, I had some project I was interested in doing with him and was lobbying him. And I just remember one day when my assistant was like, uh, it's Paul Newman in line three. And I thought, this is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. I can retire. And, uh, but he was interesting when you talked about acting, he wasn't that interested in it. Um, but if you talked about racing, he lit up and he looked like Paul Newman. Right. Yeah. Cause that was his passion. Yeah. I once had the uh, pleasure of getting to speak on the phone, uh, one or two times with Johnny Carson oh, and they wow. just told me, they told me, uh, oh, Johnny Carson's on the line. 
And so I went and I looked at the phone and it had the little light, you know, for like line two was blinking and the light looked different because (laughs) it was Johnny Carson. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The way that- the light, we've all seen the flashing light yeah. when, and it's, it's, uh, it's a spouse or it's your brother-in-law calling or whatever. And you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I'll get that. Or it's my orthodontist or it's the guy who makes my inserts for my arches. <laughs> and, it, and the light looks different when it's someone who means the world to you. Yeah, uh, Carson would be unbelievable. I never got to do Carson. I'm really disappointed. I've, I, I, it was really stupid that I didn't do it. You obviously had the opportunity to do it. Yeah, and and it was that time. I know this sounds insane, but where if you had a choice, you didn't do Carson. You did it with Joan Rivers. Oh, because she got better ratings, and at that and, and there was that notion that Johnny was towards the end and kind of phoning it in, right? Whatever. And so I did Joan a bunch, and she was great, and I loved her, but I never met Carson. I used and to I sp- think also at that time it was probably a complete either or, meaning yes, if you did Joan, then you weren't going to do Johnny. You yeah, then probably. you were Joan's person or whatever. But I did um, live on. I lived on Point Doom, and I would see Johnny in his tennis outfit all the time. <laughs> he lived out there. It was. His tennis whites driving his um, – He what did he draw? Uh, he mus- drove, uh, uh, he drove a it? white Corvette. Corvette. That's it. And yes. he got a new one every year. Yep. And I know because I, I – Because uh, <laughs> you drive one. Because I yes. – <laughs> I get a new one. <laughs> Just to be considered in his <laughs> yes, rank. exactly. I drive a white Corvette and I only wear tennis whites, yeah. uh, but only because I've been locked out of my house. Uh, but he, he would – be a great affectation for you, Conan. You should think about that. <laughs> But also not play tennis at all. No, of course not. Wear, have the sweater tied around my neck and the tennis whites and the shorts and wear it all the time. You yes. Know, it's and, like when, when Warren Beatty in Heaven Come Wait when he wears the polo outfits. And he goes, do I play <laughs> polo? And they go, no, sir. Not really. It'd be great for you. No, Johnny Carson once, when I was uh, writing on The Simpsons, he came by and he did a voice. And then at the end, I'm this kid and I'm outside the voiceover booth. And he came out, I'll never forget, he had a Filofax and two fresh packets of cigarettes that were still in their wrapper. First of all, Filofax. Can Filofax. we take a minute? Yeah, he had for a that reference. Yeah, Filofax. Look that up too when you're looking up uh, <laughs> Fred, Astaire. Fred Astaire's street makeup. Uh, and um, he got in his Corvette and he asked me, which, uh, which, which way is uh, the exit? And I panicked and I just said, oh, you go down there and you take a right. And so he said, thank you. And he took off in his perfect white Corvette and took a right on the lot. This is on the Fox lot. Took a right. And just as he was taking the right, I went, fuck, it's a left. The right's a dead end. God fucking dead. And I waited. I was horrified. And literally three beats later, after it would take a car to do a like a, a three-point turn in a narrow alley, I see it go back the other way, and I know he was just thinking, that fucking idiot. <laughs> For sure, right? So uh, they'll call him, and he'll put me on hold. Uh, <laughs> so you, um, you uh, do Parks and Recreation. You get this great part, Chris Rager, and... It was really nice because you got to be funny in this very specific way. And and that must have been a nice, you know, revelation for other people maybe who, yes, they had seen you do, be funny in these different movies, but now you were consistently playing this character who could, you could find little nuance here. Yeah, there. it was great. It, what had originally happened was there was a, I don't know how true it was or not, but sort of there was a notion that maybe they were going to have a nemesis for Alec Baldwin on 30 Rock. And I was like, well, I love that show, and I love Tina, and I love Alec, and I want to do that. And then the network was like, eh, eh, but would he ever join Parks and Rec? 
it was really truthfully, it was a shotgun marriage. The, the network kind of demanded it to, mm-hmm. to, to pick the show up for the year because it wasn't doing great. Right? And Mike sure like, God bless him, was like, I don't know anything about this guy. But, and I came in and I met Mike and it was like a love fest. And it was to do six episodes and, and then we would all reconvene and see how we all felt about it. And I loved it and they liked having me and I stayed on and I, I just loved playing that that character. And, but there was no notion about what I would even play or what the character would be like. And I just trusted them kind of implicitly, like I have always done with whether it's Mike and Dana or, uh, or Lauren or Ricky Gervais or any of these people that I've had the ability to work with. I just kind of let them see what they see in me and try to deliver on that. Well, see, that's, it's, it's a little skewed because everyone you just mentioned, you can trust. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you know what I mean, <laughs> but well, we both know yes, there that, lot, yes. that there are plenty of people in the business where if your philosophy is trust everyone, that would know. be good. No, that would be good. That they'll would not know. be good. <laughs> they'll yeah. know how to use me, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, uh, no, no, I've had that. You've for been sure. very, you've it. been very fortunate yes. that you've known all these people who just understand. I, I know exactly how to how, how this person could could fit in this world, and and they trust you. Yeah, and, that, and that's true because I have had it the other way. And, you know, there's nothing that's more depressing than than being affiliated with or being around or watching bad comedy. Like, I'd, I'd rather watch bad drama 100 times. I could be in bad drama and be happy every fucking day if I had to be. Yeah. But if I were in bad comedy, I would literally want to blow my brains out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just tell you that you get used to it. <laughs> You, you. Uh, yeah, just wait, kid. You shiny eyed kid. Trust me, Rob. Yeah. Uh, after a while, <laughs> it's like you're a test pilot. You get used to the G force, yeah. uh, and uh, you learn to tolerate. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I got to say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go, and oh. for good reason. It's an absolute hit. Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever. Okay? Okay. But lately I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly go, Monopoly go, Monopoly go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do. Partner events where you can build on each other's boards and Crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for. Or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. 
you can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to do that helps. anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, <laughs> and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling, Miller Lite, or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. We're back. Did you enjoy the break? Ooh, that was good. I'm going I'm to remember that. Um, I know that you have certain regimens. Uh, I like the way you said that with the with soft G. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Is that a is that a, a, a is that a Harvard thing? Oh God, no, no, it's not a Harvard. <laughs> no, it's not. What am I, Thurston Howell the Third? I mean, listen, I had never. Heard it's, a, it's a GIF thing because you say GIF. GIF. I say That's, GIF. It's the same thing. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, yeah. Yeah. and I say giraffe. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this is, you know, this is what I prefer. But I, Rob, let's not kid each other. I know you have certain regimens, uh, so various good. serums and creams that you serums. use. Uh, and I would love, I would love help because I am rotting like an old pumpkin in the sun, and I desperately need help. And I know that you could give me help. Uh, I know that you have uh, some secrets and some tricks that you could tell me. Moisturizers, maybe bombs. I serums. actually have my own skincare line. I know that's why I brought it up. I know you're so nice. Uh, yeah, no, it's called uh, Profile. You can Google it, and uh, because look, here's the thing: I've been doing what I've been doing since I've 15, since uh, since Cary Grant in the in the bathrobe, right? And you know, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> that just out of context. Yeah. I've been doing what I've been doing since I was 15. I mean, since Cary, since I met Cary Grant in the bathrobe, you know, the whole just, other kind it's of a whole different difference. thing, yeah. yeah, doesn't it though? And by the way, speaking of products, he had products, just so you know, and and he marketed them. 
he oh, was, or, or were they just tricks that he had learned? Like use avocado and you know. No, no, he chased me down the driveway that day after the after school special in his robe with a handful of skincare. Maybe that's where I got it from. I'm just putting this together now for the first time. He's like, young man, would you like some Fabergé, Brute, soap on a rope? <laughs> and and I, so for- So he literally was holding literally different hold, vials yes, he was. potions. He was. Yep, he that's was. That's fantastic. And my, my prized possession for months was um, I had soap on a rope from Cary Grant in the shape of a microphone. <laughs> Did you used to do like pretend concerts in the shower? Yeah, always. <laughs> As it melts away. It melts away. Uh, um, but yeah, so I, so I've been having the best in the world, take care of my skin and take care of me for forever. And I'm like a regular dude. I'm like, whatever, I'm not into it. But now I'm, you know, my fifties and you see the results of somebody doing for me what I would never have done for myself. Right. So I wanted to, to get a regimen that guys could do because people ask me all the time, what's, what's the deal? So I have this line and it's awesome. It's simple. And it's just for regular guys. And it's not, not, not a big deal to get some good results. I, uh, I definitely need help. I, um, there's certain things I, I don't think I could do anything about. I have a very prominent eye vein. I have a vein. That <laughs> prominent runs, eye vein. I have a vein that, that, that runs underneath my right eye and it runs sort of above the surface and it comes out during, uh, if, if uh, I'm on alert, this eye vein pops out. And the true story, I was interviewing the great uh, uh, broadcast journalist Mike Wallace yeah. once, and I'm interviewing him on the show, and we get to a commercial break, and I go, we'll take a break, more with Mike Wallace after this, and he looks over at me, and he takes his finger, and he places it on my eye vein and says, what are you going to do about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's I, the greatest yes. story he said, ever. What, he put his finger on my eye vein. I can never forget. His finger was on the eye vein so I could feel it pulsing because it, you know, and he went, what are you going to do about that? And I thought, I think I said to him, I think that supplies blood to my brain. So I don't know. No. It's not like, oh, I'm going to remove that and talk with a slur for the rest right. of my life. Uh, uh, was he saying it in, in a... Health way or a show business way? Oh, he was saying it definitely in a show business way. That's and it was not a health thing because it's everything's working perfectly. That's it's amazing. just I have very translucent, <laughs> see-through skin, very white, and I have this vein that that's right beneath my eye, and not much I think I can do about it. Which is it. why this is now a podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is the number one reason. Yes. You know, we found that the podcast has been a huge success. After years of pretty good success in TV, I switched to the podcast and immediately people said, this is how we prefer him. <laughs> <laughs> that we should be the ad, less Ivane. Yeah. <laughs> Parentheses. Enjoy Conan without Ivane podcast. <laughs> now available wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, but yeah, it is one of those things where, okay, that's, uh, it's really not the only thing that held me back. There's a lot of uh, features, I'm sure. Sony, you could list them off. Thin lips, uh, beady eyes. Uh, oh, what? You know, no, no, Sorry. Really. Oh, did you not off for a bit there? <laughs> Jesus, you, oh. Man, you're phoning I it don't in. Want, no, I'm not. I don't want to say all the things about you that are weird. <laughs> Because there's not time? There's not enough time. Uh No, I really, that's just mean. You could do it to yourself, but I don't want to do it. Okay. Are you, uh, let's talk about this and talk about podcasts since we're on the subject. For a long time, and because I've uh, encountered you 
uh, in, in different situations over the years and know you to be a raconteur, I've thought, this guy has great stories. And when we started doing this podcast and people were saying to me, who'd be good on a podcast? I was like, yeah, I could listen to Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe would have amazing stories. Well, thank and, you. And so I know that you're now jumping into the podcast world. I am. I, I, I'm, I'm doing my first interview today. And it, this podcast is called Literally. Mm-hmm. Yep. With Rob Lowe. <laughs> a nod to- uh, well, A nod to, to the Parks and Rec yep. gang and yep. Chris Chris Traeger. And, um, and, and what I love about doing it, even though I haven't done it, but I love being- when I, What I love about doing something that I haven't done yet is this. Right. Um, no, but whenever I'm on a podcast, it this long form talk, and it's not segmented. I grew up watching Rock on Tours. You could watch even Carson, I think, in the days when I was coming up, and you could still do that. Yep. Now, even on that, it's like, we'll be right back, and you, he's going to throw a pie at me, and then I'm going to, you know, none of it is 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 talk and stories, and this is where it all lives in podcasting, and I'm excited to talk to my friends and people I admire, and it's also an offshoot of doing my one-man show, which I've now been doing a bunch of, you know, where it's the book, the one-man show, the podcast. It's all about storytelling, storytelling, connecting to people and and just having fun. And, and you know, if I can be half as good as this one, I'll be a happy camper. Aim for more than half. <laughs> more than half, you think? <laughs> if I can be as three quarters as good as this podcast, it's going to yeah. be great. Let me be good. Let me be fun. Uh, yeah, I think- And no eye vein. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> That's my favorite eye vein is going to be- it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to be you half asleep tonight, just about to nod off and I vain. Right. Just wake up and laugh. Right, right. At uh, you. As no, long as you're not aroused. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I'm, I'm just, I'm curious. Uh, I, I think that there is something about letting people talk. This is what I've found so refreshing about this format uh, is that the, the tight turns, it's like being a skier when you have these shows, you need to take these tight turns and you can get people telling a story, but then you've always got to be thinking- I've got to get to commercial in two minutes, one minute. You know, I can stretch it a little bit, but then I got to take a sharp turn and say, that was great. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. When we come back, Abe Vigoda, you know, and, uh, and it was always Abe Vigoda. Yeah, it was I know. always the second guest. Uh, During sweeps. <laughs> you got to keep them watching. You can look up sweeps. It's right under Fred Astaire's makeup and file effects. Do you remember sweeps? I do remember it. It used to be a big thing. They used to say, you've got to do some, post some big stunts for sweeps. Yeah. Which is when they would measure who's watching your TV show. May. Yeah, it was in May, and I think they would have another one in uh, I think February. February. Yeah. I thought it was November. In November. There was no, November. Right. November. There's a microphone there. <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry. You are so lazy. You're like leaning you will- back. I'm, not, I'm enjoying listening to the conversation. Isn't it May and November? Okay. Okay, yeah. there you go. Getting yeah. you a pillow back here that oh, will push your on. head forward. <laughs> anyway, um, Sweeps was a big, big deal. But, but doing th- that version of talk is is completely different than – than this. Well, now what, what, I need, I need guidance. I need to uh, give me some secrets. You've done this a long time. You're good at it. What, what should I not, I not, done, what should I not do? What should I do? Oh, okay. so this will be your fault if it's bad. Good. That's it, a, yeah. Everything in your career has worked so far. <laughs> and then you asked for my advice. Yes, and then it was, that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I really do think uh, that one of the things that has helped me a lot is everybody on the podcast and, and I've tried to do this with my show as well, is someone I want to talk to. Right, for and, sure. And, and yep. the more you can avoid, well, this person, I have no interest in them, but I need to talk to them because large corporations are going to make this marriage happen. The more you can avoid that, the better. That because makes sense. you relaxed and having a good time and talking to friends of yours who've 
you've known forever come up in the business with. I mean, I would listen to you and RJ talk, you know what I mean? And it would be fascinating. I would listen to you talk to anybody that you came up with or anyone you came up with in the 80s or late 70s Mm -hmm. when you guys were getting started. Yep, that's going to be a lot of that. Yeah. So it's, and and what's fun is that, is to have those conversations with, you know, I've been doing it for 40 years. So it can be, you know, Brat Pack people, it could be West Wing people, Parks and Rec people, it can be people that I... People are surprised that I'm friends with. There's a whole, there's that whole thing as well. It's it's going to be really, really fun. Right. I'm really looking forward to it. Who would people be surprised that you're friends with? Um, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Are you guys really close? I told huh? you. See, look at that. You're those eyes. That eye vein popped when you said that. <laughs> uh, actual blood came out. Of it. Blood came out. <laughs> yeah, but he's a guy. And like people go, wait, you know him? Wait, wait what? You do know him? I do know him. Okay, I do know him. Um, I, I got inducted into the Horatio Alger Society a couple of years ago, which is a, which, another one to Google, which is great. It's a very exclusive, very uh, amazing society that, that um, provides scholarships for, uh, for um, kids who come from t- just terrible, terrible backgrounds. And, 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 uh, but they're the best and the brightest in their classes. And, and the society of people in it are pretty studly. He's one of them. So that's how we met. Um, they put the medal on me. In the halls of the Supreme Court, which You're is kidding. the only private ceremony allowed in the Supreme Court. So you were in a private chamber in the Supreme Court, and who put the medal on you? Justice Thomas. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but it's like it's people like you know Buzz Aldrin and really kind of interesting Amer- interesting Americans. I've encountered Buzz Aldrin a few times in my life. He he he'll show up at parties in Los Angeles. He, he goes for it, man. He goes for he it. He does. And I remember I was at one party, and Buzz Aldrin was wearing. I swear to God, and this is about I want to say twelve years ago. He was wearing a Nehru jacket, and he had a medallion. Not like a Sammy Davis Jr. medallion, Amazing. not an award, like a groovy medallion. So good. Like he hadn't gotten the memo, but it's Buzz Aldrin. He, you know, one of the, the second man to walk on the moon, seconds uh, seconds after Armstrong. You're like, you can do whatever you want. He does. And I think he does. He does. And he, he looks at, he dresses like Tom Jones. Yes. Which is how we all should dress. It really is. I've heard, I think I heard this about Clarence Thomas, that he likes to like RV he dry, <laughs> I'm, I'm, hilarious. I'm serious. Really I, I don't know if the that's picture of it. I don't know if that's true, but I think he uh, and and his wife like to like cruise around. Not cruise. I shouldn't say that, but they like to drive around. Uh, you know, uh, and, and RV, and that they're like very enthusiastic about that. I, I don't know if that's true. I, You'll yeah, find out. I mean, ask him about. I'll it. ask him. The, the reason I bring it up is he's one of those people who who occupies such a, a perception in people's minds, and then and then you meet him, and he's like, "If you ever need anything, call my number. This is my cell phone." And then my son Matthew uh, was going to law school, so I had some ideas about clerking and things like that. So I call this cell phone, and he answers it. And you're like, "Geez, shouldn't there be like a?" vetting process and uh it, it, he was he, 45 minutes giving me advice on what my son should do vis-a-vis law school and clerking and and whatever really, how many kids do you have i have two i have matthew is my oldest who just he just passed the bar at loyola so oh, he's, wow he's out there That's yeah great uh, a lawyer in the family is always good to have it helps bring down the overhead <laughs> constantly thinking about the overhead <laughs> oh, always always think about how you can, are you one of those people in show business that's always thinking about their nut uh, by the way that's the worst phrase ever <laughs> what Thinking about their nut? Covering your nut. Covering your nut. No, I know. It's but gross. I, I've had I people, like I won't say their names, but I've had people in show business- What's your nut? Say to me, oh, this is what it takes to cover my nut, you know, every uh, year. Uh, no, they say uh, it. They say it. And it's, uh, and it's, it's, they've really worked out 
this is, and, and it feels like a show busy thing. It doesn't feel like, I, I mean, I, I could be completely wrong, but it doesn't feel like something that uh, an investment banker would say. Come to think of it, I've never heard anyone in finance, and that's another thing, I know weird people in finance, I've never heard them use the phrase nut. No, but people in show business, I have found, have figured out to the penny, I've got this place, I've got that place, I really like my catamaran, uh, this is what it takes to maintain it, and this is my nut, and this is what I have to make every year to cover my nut. What's a nut? What? I'm sorry, I'm mis- I I have no idea it's, what this you've is. Never heard, wait, honestly, I've you've never, never heard that phrase. Never monthly heard, nut is another way. Monthly I've nut. never heard yeah. this. It's before. your. It's your. Uh, it's your. You're allowed to ha- speak in the microphone. I you know. Keep pushing it away in fear. Uh, she thinks it's a nut. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, it's what it costs you to live. Oh. And so it's this, and I think it's a phrase that's been around forever, but for somehow- 50s? Yeah, 1950s or 40s. Like, this is my nut. This is what I got to make in order to survive. Oh, it's got to come from nut. This is my nut for the winter. Gathering it has to be, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, you don't need a testicle to survive the winter. Okay, no. all well, right. I'm sorry, but you don't. <laughs> Come on. I'm sorry. I know that that's where everyone's mind was going. No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, well, that's no. embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, anyway. Nuts. I always thought of it as, uh, take this much to for my testicle to survive <laughs> the oh winter. Oh, my God. Uh, but what the, is wrong with your testicle? <laughs> well, it's it has needs, and <laughs> it's a very elaborate lifestyle, my testicle. <laughs> Just the one. What's the other one doing? The other one left a long time ago. <laughs> oh, we no. didn't get along. It moved out. It had a little suitcase. It said, I'm, I'm out of here. It voluntarily left. It your left. testicle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It lives in San Diego. It it's had to go happy. make its nut. On its catamaran. <laughs> but no, it is a, it's a very show business. Bisney. It's a very show <laughs> Disney, as in Disney. Yeah. Just a little shout out to the good people oh, at Disney. Man. It's a very show busy thing. Uh, and I've had, I would say older people in show business say that to me. Like, yes. you know, what's your nut? And I'll be like, what are you talking about? I, I it was just weird to me. Yeah, it's, it's so like personal to talk about any of your nuts. But it feels it's, like vaudeville. It feels like something that's left over from, this is what I made this year on the circuit. and it really uh, covered my nut. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know Cary Grant was worried about hey, hey, it. Oh, listen, when I work for Fabergé, it helps cover my nut. <laughs> <laughs> it actually works both ways. It does. Um, it's a cream that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, when I was doing heart to heart, it more than covered my nut. It just... It's, I'm going to bring that phrase back. Yeah. We'll still, I'll, I'll help you. If you do it, I'll do it. And by the way, I am the antithesis of that. I have no idea about any of it. I've been working since I was 15 and paying taxes since I was 15. Hate, I hate math. I hate numbers. I designed my whole life around not having ever to deal with any of it. And I know that that's probably not a good thing, but – I'm not good at it. And the idea of, of like going, okay, if I do this, then I, it's like, I, I just can't do right. it. I don't say it in any proud way. I mean, I, 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 I just, I wish I, I wish I were, or I'm not that guy at all. I know that I got to work. I work and I work and it all works out. Yeah. And you enjoy it. You like and I working. love it. And then what am I, I'm, yeah, I, I would be doing it even if they didn't pay me. Yeah. I would. That's the secret. But I don't, don't anybody actually do that. <laughs> I know. I've said that a few times and then I've thought, oh, that's going to get out. That I do it for free. Cool. Uh, we have so. the evidence right here, Mr. O'Brien. <laughs> said it. You go hella skiing. Yeah, that, that separates us. I like skiing, but I will never in my life jump out of a helicopter and start skiing. Well, it's pretty intense when they drop when when you jump out and you have to duck down. And you hear the the blades and the snow, and it's insane. And then and then it's gone. It's dead silent, and you realize you're in the middle of nowhere. 
and it's untracked, and now they have they're gonna like you know make sure there's not gonna be an avalanche, and you go. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. I would like to do hella skiing, but on a very crowded intermediate slope. <laughs> you should uh, helicopter so that to Vail. A giant helicopter of- comes, and it's literally it's they're not even difficult. It's it's like it's green amazing. slopes, <laughs> and a giant helicopter That's descends amazing. slowly, and snow is kicking around, and children who are learning to ski are scattering, and then I'm gently get out one leg at a time <laughs> of the helicopter, go down a simple run, and I'm picked up again down by the lift. That's what I want. We need to go and film that. If you right. put put the film crew, I'm in. <laughs> it's great. Man. I can't wait to tell my producer. Rob and I had this really funny idea. It'll cost $600,000. And we'll get 30 seconds of a bit that's funny but doesn't go viral. <laughs> that's what they're looking for, non-viral bits. I mean. You know, when they're ready for non-viral, I'm ready to go. I'm, I know. I'm, With your gifs? It's a soft, I, I want to get that going. It's your gifs you are. You haven't heard anyone say gif? But I don't know the difference. It, it, what is it, really, seriously? It's gif. It is Everybody gif? says gif. I think the guy it's who created them said it's gif, but it's gif. Everyone it, says gif. It's a gif. It's a gif, like a gift. It's a gif. I'm giving you a gift of a gif. Yeah. Uh, what time is your podcast today? What time do you have to do this interview? Whenever I want. That's so good about it, man. No, I'm, I'm going to take a little, little lunchy lunch, and then I'm going to now, can get I a salad from Gigi at the Palm. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to any restaurant uh, with that era of star, you know that the, the menus are as big as a table. There's you know, as big as a table. And there's giant, a, this is the era of giant menus. Giant menus. And there's always a lot of tipping. There's, you know, they, they're very much into, like, tipping is sort of a lost star. I mean, people obviously tip. But those guys, man, they were throwing, you know, 20s around. Also, it's an era now where you swipe the card. Oh, that's, yeah. You pay, and then they give you, you know, options for tip. And it's also bloodless. There's no swagger involved There's at all. no swagger. There's no, no I mean, uh, nope. I think Frank Sinatra literally had like 50 and $100 bills, and he'd be throwing them around. I met him once. He smacked me in my face. Did he? What? Yeah. Frank Sinatra hit you in the face? Well. Playfully. Playfully, Yes. Be still smack me. Be great if he had someone else hit you playfully. <laughs> Jilly hit him, <laughs> but make a playful. <laughs> That's right. So what happened? What was he like? It was some black tie event. It was towards the end, but he performed and he was awesome. And we were introduced, and he looked at me, squinted at me, and grabbed my face really, really, really hard with one hand and squeezed my cheek and smacked it with the other and said, "My grandkids love you." <laughs> my God. It's also like sort of a threat too. Oh, it was it don't was, let him down. It was it was something. I don't know what, but it was definitely no one's ever done that before. I got no. to see him perform. I think the last go around, but I never got to meet him. So that was really the end of an era, right? For sure. Well, I think when I go, it'll be the end of an era. Mm. Yeah. God. I'm sorry to Let's turn it back around, but morbid. Uh, yeah. No, no, I'm not going to go for it. It's going to be another four years at least. Um, <laughs> I really don't take care of myself. <laughs> That's not true, by the way. You look you look very good. You're, wait, Thank aren't you, you into like biking? Is that uh, what it biking is? Biking and uh, and then recently I sort of started to back off biking a little bit just because of uh, I started to worry about getting hit by a car. Yes. So I started running, which I don't know why. That's you got a big frame to be out there running it like that. That's what everyone says. Whenever I say I run, 
people look at me and say, Are you you're mad? too big to run. And, uh, <laughs> too big to fail, too big to run. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I'm a, I, I look like uh, Snuffleupagus running down the street. <laughs> Manute <Sims>. Bowl. <laughs> look that one up, kids. It's not pretty. Right. Uh, it has been an absolute delight speaking with you. And I'm really looking forward to your podcast. Thank you. And, this, uh, is, this has been everything I thought it would be and more. And I'm more than optimistic. That's nice. You've you've sort of moved into. I'm into it. Cautiously, yeah. I'm into it. You're into it. I'm into it. Maybe we'll hang out. I think we might. What what is what do you just tell me quickly? What are you going to have for lunch? What's your lunch so that I can replicate it? Oh, oh! Now we're we're here we're here at Warner Brothers. Yeah. So everything like RJ predicated where he ate on on um, the Mater D's. Yeah. I do it on what studio I'm near, which is kind of Very the nice. new version of RJ. So so are, is it going to be a lot of vegetables? Is it going to be a lean protein? There will be lean proteins. There will be salsa. You, you eat a lot of salsa. I, I got to spice it up. That's the secret. The secret of life is salsa. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. It's lots of salsa. It's all he has. Uh, Rob Lowe, thank you very much for thank, being here. This was awesome. Thanks. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park, or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus... They also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds, according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not, that's more people than are on earth because there are people on the moon using it in Saturn. (laughs) That's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach 
the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Mm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. A few episodes ago, your genitals in a sleeping cap got brought up as a hashtag for people to do fan art called Lil Sleepin' Guy. We start babbling, I start babbling, and then I don't remember what we talked about. And then you tell me all this great fan artwork is coming in of a happy little penis with a sleeping cap on. <laughs> and I was like, but why? And then it was explained to me that that was a long riff that I went on, which I have no memory of. And I was sober, but um, <laughs> but I'm told the fan artwork is absolutely incredible. It is. And it almost feels like a waste of their talents to make them illustrate a little <laughs> penis that's sleeping with a glass of wine and a romance novel next to him. Yeah. I mean, some of these are incredible. I have not seen them. Uh, and I'm... I don't know how to feel about this. And Sona, uh, maybe you're right. Maybe this is a waste of their talents or maybe the truest expression of their talent. Who can say? I right. think it's a waste. I guess, yeah, probably <laughs> probably a waste. <laughs> the listeners can go to Team Coco Podcasts on Instagram and see the exact same drawings we're going to see in the order that we're going to talk about them. The first one here is we're starting simple. This is from Blake Likes Cake, and it's just a, a line in pen and ink drawing on ruled paper. Wow. School paper. Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, just pen and ink. He has a confident line. I'm, uh, I don't mean the penis. I mean the artist has a very confident line. Firm scrotum. Yeah, hair on the scrotum. That is a nice detail. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. All right. Oh, okay. Well, this one's got, it's got, little, oh, Z, it's got little Zs coming out, and it's got a little... Not so much a sleeping cap as a, I, the only thing I'll fault him for is that's more of a skiing cap. It is, but it also implies that this guy's ejaculating Zs, which is just trouble. Uh, I, I don't know why you have to talk in such a dirty way about a penis sleeping. Or um, that could be the sleeping cap is a normal size, but the penis is just so big. Uh-oh. That's my interpretation of this work of art. All right. This looks good. I like it. On to number two, because these are going to get increasingly more involved. Okay. Uh, this is uh, Tony Carrillo. And uh, here, <laughs> he did us the favor of just having you peek out of some pajamas this is, as a fly. This is not me. This is the penis. This is, But it's, it's your penis. Yeah, but it's coming out of the fly, and it's sleeping. And I love it's got a little tray. And oh, my God, it's got a little candle. It's got a little candle. And a glass of wine. Oh, look how pink you are. Just stop saying me. It's not me. (laughs) It is you. You made it so. No, please. Just just settle down with the you, you, you. I love that little tray. It's got that. I want that tray. I wish I had a tray like that. Look at that. Tiny pillow. What a sweet, happy guy. (laughs) Tony uh, Carrillo. Very funny. Oh, my okay. God. This is amazing. This, is, this next one is number three of five. All right. This is Johnny Rads. <laughs> Wait, what's happening here? This penis is having a heart attack. <laughs> that is so He's weird. Sitting, this penis you know, is having a full-on, it's clutching its, uh, I want to say chest, shaft. I don't know. Uh, good God. This penis look at is- the pictures in the back. <laughs> the family portraits. There's another penis and a banana. <laughs> 
Well, I like there's a fire in the fireplace, a little glass of wine. Why is it clutching? Does anyone else see it to see, feel like yeah. it's in cardiac arrest? It does. It definitely does. It's funny how there's a there's a blanket over the balls. But Why not do you the keep? Rest. I, you know, what, Matt. What you're being a little indelicate about this testicles. In Matt's defense, my eyes always drift towards the balls too. Yeah, uh, but it's and, like an FDR lap blanket over yeah, the balls. Yeah. Oh my God! There we go. Are you serious, Conan? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's Jeff Ross. That's your producer trying to uh, doing a podcast. Jeff, I'll call you back. Conan, can't, you have to silence your phone. What are you no, doing? No, I'm doing that on purpose. I want him to have interrupted the podcast. That was Jeff Ross, the producer. <laughs> Doesn't he know we're busy looking at drawings of my penis, having a glass of wine? <laughs> I never get to say that. Okay, next little sleeping guy is DC. Oh my Stewart god! Fire. Oh, that's fantastic. This one fantastic. is just the best all around for feel and tone. Yes, and that is composition. Look at, look at the face. The face is so happy. That's a happy, happy person. The full moon is just shining in through the, the lighting in this. The is lighting incredible. is gorgeous. Uh, chiaroscuro is that what it's called? The uh, I believe chiaroscuro is the effect of using light and shadow. On the mound of the balls under the blanket. Do you see those? There they are again. <laughs> yes, that's traditionally how chiaroscuro is used <laughs> by such great uh, painters as Raphael. Uh, beautiful. That is a, a really a gorgeous. That is a penis that put in a good day, had some good times, and now is relaxed and knows knows that it's leading a good life and tomorrow's a new day. I like the um, the detail because you mentioned that your penis is reading a Fabio romance novel. Yeah. And I feel like that's an actual Fabio cover. I think on it is. Yeah, little... I think so. This person, who is this? D.C. Stulpner. D.C. Stulpner. You are a very talented artist. Really? Uh, that is I a think... firm ridge on the face of that penis. Okay. Look that just down the center. What is your problem, Matt? That's a strong, strong penis. Yeah. It's a strong penis. Girthy. It's got a lot of features and mm-hmm. it's... Uh, Right. No hair whatsoever anywhere. No eye vein. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I'm not happy right now. This would be the place to have the vein. I love the depiction. I don't like your criticism of it. I think it's. Uh, I think you're going towards the more childish and base nature of what's happening here. You're making all of your penis jokes and your wee-wee jokes and your pee-pee jokes, but you two are missing the point that this is beautifully, this whatever this creature is, be it penis, be it man, it is content, it is happy, and it's bathed in a forgiving moon. <laughs> That's the title. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right. Here we go. Last one. And this is really something. This is uh, Kevin oh, G. Oh, and Jerk. The, uh, G my and Jerk on Twitter. Okay. Goodness. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> no, I don't like this It at is all. using its balls as a pillow, which I think is <laughs> very creative it's got a lot of orange pubic hair which is gonna haunt me well i have to say this one's really disturbing to me it looks like a uh, a trout or a fish right it looks like a disneyland fish am i right about that yeah and it looks like you it has a british man's mustache for uh just no it's grooming i'm it's, seeing yeah. a penis i am just seeing a <laughs> penis i also like that that book is by chip whitley Yes, I don't know if you noticed that Chip Whitley is my uh, my my nom de plume that I've often brought up uh, over oh, my man. over the years. I've often referred to myself as Chip Whitley. Uh, this one uh, is disturbing me. Um, yeah, where the other one was having cardiac arrest, this one is asphyxiating and turning blue. Yeah, it's really disturbing. Yeah. Well, I'm ha- I'm unhappy about the. Uh, <laughs> I'm really unhappy about this. Which one gets the closest? 
I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I don't like it. You did this. No, this I was you. during a comedic riff. I Look, sometimes Einstein would go into a reverie and come up with various oh, formulas that explained the edge of the universe, uh, speed, light, and sound. He couldn't be held accountable for it later on. You specifically said to make artwork of your penis sleeping with a sleeping cap. With a- I think I did that. Oh, did you do that? Yeah, yeah. I don't think oh. I did I that. It. I don't think I, I would ever it. tell people to draw my genitalia. That's not me. I'm more highbrow. But thank God I have the old lowbrow Gorley helping me out <laughs> uh, to get such well, fine you, artwork done. You created the image. Matt just told people to draw it. Yeah, that's true. I prefer... Uh, people imagining things with the Emersonian mind's eye, uh, not actually drawing it. But that beautiful artwork. Well, you're a muse, you know? Yeah, I'm sort of just a fountain of creativity. And if other people want to sip from that fountain, so be it. Well, you can find these on Team Coco Podcasts on Instagram. Yeah, and it uh, sounds like people are rushing right now. <laughs> you know they are. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. The show is engineered by Will Becton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It too could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because I the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats to keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com.